your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkingpower.com.au. Talking Power Podcast, episode 156. It is 2023. Can you believe it? I'm here with Todd Brinkworth over there. I'm Nick DeChambry, your co-hosts for the 2023 Talking Power Podcast. Can you believe it? No, I can't. I'm surprised I made 2023. Did you have a good New Year's? Yeah. You know, you know me. I'm not as big as I used to be, but I don't think I can hang on to those big ones anymore. No, neither can I. Don't worry. Yeah. Soon my kids, you know, in another year <coughs> or two. My kids will, well, they, they want to go out on New Year's Eve on their own already, but they're still a bit young. They're only 15, I must admit, 30. when I saw your kids a couple of months ago at that Classic Cars, mm. when do they get so big? I know. T- I meant to tell you at the time. Me. I mean, I, you know, I hadn't seen them for a few months up until that point, and I'm like, wait, hang on. They're both taller than me. I mean, I'm a short ass, but they're both taller than me. You know what I mean? No, I'm, they're going up fast. And you're youngest, so I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's Nick's son. <laughs> I'm like, you know, champ, you winning, you know? <laughs> yes, he is. He's getting big now. They're both getting big. I know, and here we are in 2023. Can you believe it? Like, we've had Christmas and you had the Christmas podcast and we're back into it. Well, we yeah. thought we'd get together nice and early in the year to celebrate our top 10 of 2022, our top yes. 10 podcasts. So... We do this every year, actually. I think we do the top 12 or we do the top 15. I don't know. What I, whatever I do, I do. But uh, this year, I said, we'll just do the top 10. We'll celebrate the top 10 podcast of yeah. 2022. And um, in that particular order, though? No, I'm going to do them in order. Okay. Yeah, we'll do them in order. Make it a bit a bit fun. I think every other year, I mean, not, not in an order. So yeah, I know, no yeah. pressure, people, but this is, this is the this top. This is in order. This is, this is the top ten as they came off the press. As they came. Hey, before we start this podcast, we need to announce our next winner of the Hill Tread competition. Yeah, we do. Hill Tread. Congratulations to Vicky. She wrote in. So congratulations to her. She wins. A pair of Hill Tread socks. Yes. Thanks to our friends at Hill Tread. Hey, head to hilltread.com or go to our website, the Talking Power website, and tell us why you should win a pair of these socks. They yeah. are magnificent. Motorsport inspired. I've got the Trans Am uh, Smoking the Bandit inspired socks. You've got the Tommy Mackinnon ones over there. Yeah. And we've also, Simon, got the um, the... Martini-inspired Porsche socks. So, uh, but congratulations to Vicky. She takes the win for this week. We'll get an, a pair of socks out to you ASAP, Vicky. Well done. Awesome. And if you go check out the uh, Facebook page, yes, you'll see some photos mm-hmm. of the socks laid across yeah. our cars. Yep. Well, at least for me, I'll put them yep. on the Evo Five. Well, they're on the Evo Five. If you go check it out, there'll be a photo on mine. Oh no, that's inspired by your car. Those ones. Mine yeah. is a little bit not quite so tangible putting these on my XW, but anyway. Hey, you know what? I own a Trans Am one day. 2023. Now. Yeah, I know. Just yeah, ain't big. You might own true. one. Yeah, I know. I, I want to own one one day. I'd love to have one. My cousin had one back in the day. Actually, have you seen the um, the retro ones? The, the re... Yeah, or the, or the, what do you call it? feeling that. The um, What's the word? There's rebooted a, one. Yeah, but... What's the word? Uh, 
like pro touring or whatever. Yeah. Like, anyway, yeah. Uh, no, not feeling it. Oh. No, no, no. I like it. So fine. <laughs> 2023. Okay, we're off to a bad start, Nick. <laughs> I might just go home for the rest of the year. What about you? Um, anyway, hey, airing on the 23rd of August in number 10 position, episode 147. Stan Coase and Mark Happy Williams from Wasma. So congratulations. They're in the number 10 spot. Let's listen in to that podcast right now. I'm joined with Stan Coase from the Australian Street Machine Federation of WA. Yes, thank you. And Mark Happy Williams over there. Good afternoon. Good evening. (laughs) From Wasma and Summer Nats Grand Champion as well. And from Steel Bumper. That's where I first met you, actually. Steel Bumper days. Long time ago now. And over in the corner here, we have Vicky Wilder from Wasma as well, but she's just observing, she said. She's <laughs> just going to be listening in. And uh, she's media, media. Communications and stakeholder engagement through Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Vicky. Vicky. So Vicky's done a great job on putting us guys together and doing this podcast tonight. Yeah. Fantastic. This, this podcast is definitely one for those that are. Not necessarily in Western Australia, but if you are in Western Australia, it's certainly pertinent to to you. But for those in the street machining scene, modifying cars, car clubs, whatever it may be, I think we'll find something for everyone here on this episode to, to for you to get some content from. So thanks, Vicky brought everyone together here, so I really appreciate that. Stan, we'll start with you. Um, I had to look back at my notes, but it was episode 91 was the last time we caught up. We're up to 147 <laughs> now. So it was episode 91 back wow. at your place back okay. in that a, was a couple of years ago now. At least 2018 or 17 somewhere? No. No, no. It was a little, no, more recent than that. Recent? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was in the in the midst of the COVID era, but yeah, we were, we were able to meet at your place. And that was with James, wasn't it? James, yeah. <laughs> yeah James yeah. from Shannon's as yeah. well was, yeah. was there for that one there. I really enjoyed yeah. that one, actually. It was a nice, relaxing evening at your place. I know, and, and, and I, I, it was great that you'd, you'd, you know, we got involved with you about with that podcast because um, everything we've been doing with DOT, we had not really discussed with anyone, and thanks to Nick... We actually decided to do something. Mm. So I think, look, what we what we discussed then really helped get some of the word out. Yeah. But um, I think that was before. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. I think that was probably prior to me working with Mark and Wasma. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly was. But yeah, look, we'll kick we'll kick it off with you, Director of Australian Street Machine Federation, the WA division uh, affiliation with with Osma. Tell us a bit about. Take us a step back for those that haven't listened to episode ninety one, and there okay. there might not necessarily be a lot of people that have listened to that episode. But tell us a bit about your involvement back then in two thousand and sixteen. How you got involved in the Australian Street Machine Federation? When um, it, it it happened, it happened in my shed talking to Claude about my. L, LX hatchback Tirana. I've had it. I've had three Tirana hatchbacks for probably about thirty years, mm. and then this particular one that was a six cylinder, not a V eight one. I said to Claude, Claude, you know, I want to put a small block three fifty in it. Usual stuff. And and Claude said, What's the issue? Not knowing that Claude is from South Australia and everything over there is totally different to here. Um, so Claude said, Look, um, 
Hey, you, you, you've obviously, you know, done a lot of work with DOT. So I said, mate, I've done nothing with DOT. I'm just a dude trying to build a car. And he said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll come back and I'll show you. So he brought back some paperwork of a HT Monaro, a VB Commodore. These cars back then had 12-inch rims on the back, huge horsepower. And I said to Claude, so these are obviously like, you know, street, off-the-street type cars. He said, no, these are street-registered cars in Adelaide. South mm. Australia. All right, it was that was a great episode. It was really good to catch up with Stan. Stan's been around the industry for a long time. It's the that's the second time he's been on the podcast. Yeah. It's the second time Mark Happy Williams has been on the podcast as well. So, congratulations. And if you don't know who either of those people are by now, mm. take Just a Google them. You take a Google, but mm. both pretty cool characters. They are very cool. I love having a chat to Stan because he will just talk your ear off. Mm, yep. With grand stories and also technical trivia. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, well, Mark, Happy Williams, he's just, <laughs> he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. So both those guys doing work for their individual committee. So Mark, Happy Williams on the WASMA committee and um, also stand on the Australian Street Machine Federation committee. So congratulations to them on the number 10 spot there. Now, this was another episode we did. We talked, we didn't even have a guest on this episode and it ranked in number nine. This blows me away. We talked about the Australian Top Fuel Championship heading to Mildura. That aired on, that was episode 136, aired on March 14th, 2022. Let's have a listen to that one here. Okay, the Talk Power Podcast, episode 136, still solo here. My name is Nick Kachembri, and I am your host for this podcast. If you're listening to us on 88.5 FM, a big cheerio and uh, hello to everyone in the podcast world. Wherever you're listening to us around the world, let us know. And if you are listening to us in different parts of the world, let us know how, um, if you watch the round two of the Burson Auto Parts Australian Top Fuel Championship. Now, this was from Sunny Mildura, regional Victoria. And I must say a big congratulations to not only the competitors, not only to the track staff, but to all the people that attended the event. Um, regional Australia needs events like this and it was the first time the top tier of the drag racing motorsport world top fuel went to Mildura and it was awesome to see um, two times champion three times champion really um, Phil Lamartina uh, he is from well he's not from Mildura he's about an hour away from Mildura uh, he ended up winning the event let's just watch the final here, or have a listen to the final here. Huge race all the way to the other end. Massive, massive show. It's the Hollywood story. It's the fairy tale. Fuchs Dragster, Phil Lamartina, hometown kid done good. Three races from three, three, one, nine, six at 416 kilometres an hour. Put your hands together, make some noise. What a final. Look at the crew down there. They are so excited, jumping around, and they need to celebrate because it's not only a win for Phil Lamartina, but for Shane Olive to get his first win in the in the team as well, run the lowest ET of the weekend. 
in the eight mile. Phil Amatina now gets the win. He probably doesn't know at that point because look how close that was. 11 thousandths of a second and they're doing over 300 kilometres an hour side by side. So congratulations to, to Phil Lamartina there, reset the, the track record as well. And uh, that was in the A final. So Phil Lamartina came up against Wayne Newby. Now, so the guy in the other lane uh, driving for Santora Aposada, uh, his team, like, you know, I, I won't say arch enemies. That's not, that's not correct. We, everyone works together in this sport. But they are, you know, they are a very, very formidable opponent. And, um, you know, latest, latest technology on their cars. They had two cars at the event. Mind you, so did Phil Lamartina. Shane Oliver was driving the other Carrot King car. And um, it was great to see. So in the A final, it was Phil Lamartina against the Wayne Newby. Phil winning that one there. Uh, the B final was Peter Zubris and um, Damien Harris, West Australian Damien Harris. Damien was in the other Santo Reposada car. Um it looked like that one was a kind of a funny B final, that one, because the timing did not work on Peter Zobris's side of the track. However, he was gift, he was given the win, but on replay, his ET, well, his ET wasn't indicative of what that car will do. So um, they went back and looked at the video footage, and it was clear that Damien Harris had won that. So that, that has come through. And uh, it was Phil Reed up against Shane Olive in the C final, and... And uh, it was really interesting to note that that Phil Reed was actually the top qualifier of this event, and uh, lost in the C final. So you know, Mildura it was eight. It was over the eighth mile. It was a great race. It was um, live streamed on Seven Plus Media and also Facebook. And uh, it was a six-hour telecast, six and a half hours. It was really great TV. Thousands of thousands of people attended the event. And uh, I just found it to be, you know, a really, really good show. In the lead up to the event, the organisers had done the Thursday night. You got to hang out with your favourite top field driver at the Gateway Pub in Mildura, and that was there was an, you know, car show held at the same time there from 7 till 9 p.m. there and the top field teams were all there. So I think that's a really great way to involve the local community and fans that are travelling to the to the event as well. So, and, and I must congratulate also the commentary team, in particular Chad Nalen, he's from Western Australia as well, really did a magnificent job interviewing uh, all, all, the, all the crews and, and, the, and the teams. Let's have a listen to his interview here with the uh, um, event winner, Phil Lamartina. And that was a serious homecoming when he got back. And it's been a long wait for you in Top Fuel as well, your first win since the return to the sport as well. It has been a long time coming, and to do it in front of your home crowd, Mildura, make some noise for Phil Lamartina! Got it done! Yes! From the outhouse, uh, from the outhouse into the penthouse. I, um, first of all, I've got to thank all the crew, and when I, when I mean the crew, I mean on both teams. You know, we're sharing a bit of data, and it's just looking really good. So, um, congratulations to Shane for his first uh, round win. Uh, set low ET took me <laughs> took my uh, track record, which is I'm really happy for. And thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. And um, to all my family up there, friends, and um, everyone that come out to um, to watch to see what we do. And um, that was just for the record. That was an awesome show. <laughs> and uh, got to take my hats off to the my other fellow competitors. You know, they um, took them a while to dial it in, but uh, there's you know the six smartest uh, tuners in the country out there, and um, 
they're just all making it happen. So fantastic, fantastic for me. I think I might have taken, you know, a big chunk in the points for the championship. And uh, yeah, commiserations to Newby and the Rapisadas, but uh, man, oh man, I like it. it's just a dream come true. What, what, you know, first time back after Johnny Farnham, you know, the comeback king, um, and uh, to do it here, like seriously, like I don't know, I don't think we could have planned it any better. Amazing, amazing. Here comes Wayne Newby right now. I want to get you in front of your team here as well, mate. Come around. Let's get the. Anyway, really great interview there from Phil Lamartina as well. This and so as was, that's his home track, even though he lives 100 k's away. That's his home track, and a lot of locals t would have been really happy with that result. And uh, I think not only is he the winner, but I think you know I really hate to use this cliche, but I think drag racing and drag racing fans are the winners here. And I can't wait to see these guys at the Perth Motorplex uh, in the second weekend of April. That is going to be the 8th and 9th of April. You'll get to see those top fuelers here in Perth, Western Australia, in the flesh. So make sure you attend that event. That is the Andrew Graham final as well. We're really looking forward to that. Interesting one. I'm not, I'm not quite sure why that episode was so popular. But anyway, it came in at number nine. Oh, something different. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was. Yeah. Yep. One of the earlier episodes we did during the year was we loved talking about auctions. Yeah. This was back in our old studio in Belcatta. I remember this. We were talking about this and we were all predicting the prices of particular cars and then we came back a few yeah. episodes later and and ranked where we, where we fell or didn't fall. And um, this, this was number eight on our list, airing on the 14th of January – Almost a year ago now, episode 131, we called it auction time. Hey, we want to talk things, all things uh, car. We've got the summer auction coming up for Shannon's. That's going to be starting on February 8th. And I'll just, we're going to play a little game here. We'll, well, it's a little game, I guess, we can do here. And we're going to say, we're going to, I, I just selected eight cars out of the, out of the, the cars that are coming through. That's actually know, you're going to play this back, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, I just we'll, 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 we'll put a value on on each one of these vehicles. This car here, Celica GT4, this is a 19. What year is that? 88, isn't it? That one? Yeah, 88. And a, an ST165 for those playing at home that like their Celicas. 165 kilowatt. I don't actually know to tell you the truth. No, it's not the 165. What did the 165 stand for? I don't know. I'll look it up in a minute. <laughs> 1650cc? No. They're all two litres. They're all three S's, actually. Anyway. Anyway, this car here. So, GT4, tell us a bit about it, Todd. That that car there was used, or a variant of it, used in the WRC? Yeah, homologation Group A Special. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the, the era where that car dominated, yeah? Yeah, that was the early... Early Sainz years. Mm -hmm. uh, Carlos Sainz, yeah. Early uh, Didier Oriol, I think, years as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this was... And this is what um, this was your Subaru legacy and also early Evo years as well. Very early Evos. And this... This no. car... Well, not this particular one, but this model competed in Western Australia when we used to have the... Um, yeah, um, all three variants competed over here. Yeah. Yeah, mm. there's a story yeah. I'll tell about the one that's coming up later. So, considering the historical significance of this vehicle, would it be eligible for 404? 
Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, Simon, really? Yeah. Really? It's certainly eligible for C for C, uh, maybe even 404. You'd have to ask Paul Blank that, but I can't see any reason why not. The sad part about, I like, I know the mechanics of this car and, and it is completely different to a normal Celica, but the sad part about the 165 is it looks like a normal Celica. Yeah, that's also the <laughs> great does, thing, yeah. uh, which I kind of like. But it's that's lo- also the what? The great thing about it. Oh, I think that the TRD livery with the, the bonnet scoop and everything, uh, to me, that, you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the GD4 that I remember. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, very rare car. You never see them around anymore at all, really. No. So what do we think on this one here? I'm thinking 40. Okay. In the nah, 40s? I think no? you're a bit too high. Um, I want to come in low at 15. Got some COVID tax on there. 15 to 25. Real that yeah. low? No, it won't be 15. It's co- I mean, it's a collector's car, but it's also it's. I'd buy that for 15. Yeah, I probably would it's too. It's a bespoke collector's car. It's a, not a collector's. No, car. it's a bespoke one. As in, there's only going to be a handful of people bidding on that, on that particular year. And then you, you know, Todd, I think... But we'll play it back. We'll play this back, and I could be very, very Yeah, I'm going to go in at 40. I'm going at 30. So we're, we're, you're at 25. Well, I'll, I'll go the high end. I'll say 25. 25. All right. Okay. Next is another... We'll, we'll put this... I didn't have this on the list originally, but seeing so we're in the GT4 mood, let's put this one in as well. This is another GT4. This is from 1994. This one here, for me, is a memorable one. This I, When I see this one, I think Carlos Sainz. This particular yeah, this is one. the penultimate one that Carlos raced through the forest of Mundaring. And this is the 205? Yeah, the 205. It's also the one he may have um, put the handbrake on so he could uh, get a good stage time... Or, sorry, a slower stage time in Mundaring. So he would get cleaner roads to stage after. It was okay. the ST205. There's <laughs> anyway, a bit of scandal. The rally, ner- the rally nerds right now are going, you've got that slightly wrong, but sure. Um, <laughs> this one, 40 grand, 40 to 50. No, this one's more, definitely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going in at 60. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, There's I'm... currently one for sale privately at the moment that came in at 50, and I know the person's about to take 45 for it. I'm going, I'm D- going 65 that... on this one. The only thing that I don't like on this one, and it's and it's just a personal thing, because I remember him being in the in the white with the TRD livery, and I think if it was white, it'd probably fetch more, which is is strange because normally or, it's the other way around. Or red, or red, or red, and that's red. Celica red, yeah, which was a, a Monza red, I think, actually from memory. Could be, could be. Yeah, well, I'm thinking sixty. You're at sixty-five, 65 and you're yeah. at forty-five. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Anyway, moving along. It's <laughs> not happy. <laughs> XB. It's not happy. XB Fairmont Coupe, this one is. It's a Fairmont Coupe. No details no, on no this. No details. It doesn't no, tell if it's... If Nick, it's... very, very hard, mate, because if it's a 351 uh, FMX 9-inch mm. versus a 302 C4 Makes a big difference. Big eh? difference. Yeah. Big difference. And, and a 74, so you don't know which side of... The 74 because you've got the 27A pollution where they, they, they changed the vehicle from the 4V to the 2V. You know, it's it's a tricky one, tricky mm. one. Yeah, we don't have it, we only got a pretty picture of it. I'm going to assume that it's a 302. Is that badge? What's that badge say? Don't tell me it says 250. It doesn't say 250, does it? I don't know. I don't know. You're going to try and blow it up. 
I'm going to say that it's a 302 Borg Warner. I don't know why. I just get that feeling. <laughs> get that, I get that feeling. Yep. <laughs> All right, I take that back. We've just blown it up, and it seems as though it's going to be a 250, possibly Borgwana Borgwana. Now, here's the thing, We've right? We've gone from a $100,000 car. We've probably dropped into five figures, I reckon. Here's the thing, though. Okay, that is a really clean Fairmont, mm. right? It's got the the uh, the bonnet, you know, the the what was it, GS and GT mm. uh, bonnet. Uh, it's got the twelve slots. It's got the red walls. You know, the the architecture is there. Yeah. Right now, many would argue. Well, you wouldn't want to ruin. <laughs> A factory six-cylinder coupe. No, no, I think the value is keeping it the way it is, of course, but I think we've gone from something that might be six figures down into five figures. It was funny listening to that episode, actually. Like some some of the pricing will were, were <laughs> way out, and some, some were actually fairly close oh, as well. Since then, I've now been following the Shannon's auctions. Yeah. I also follow um, Grey's Online. Mm. Um they they just find some absolutely, you know, they do. They got some great cars. Oh, I, yeah, great there was cars. actually a couple just well, late last year, mm. right before Christmas. There was a, a VT a BT one VL that was for sale and a what else? Oh, X XF. Oh, no, hang on, I'm getting it wrong. No, the X the Fairmont Gear XF. Yeah, they had and the like mountains of dust all over. It was a barn find. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think I they found a Celica as well. Mm. We're talking about Celicas. Last year, um, yeah. Again, it's just and people are paying. The market isn't as a control as it was, and again, twenty three will be an interesting year to mm. see how markets go. I don't know if that's going to go up a lot more. I think it actually will come down a bit. Yep. But yeah, it was good to see. Like, I mean, people are still buying classic cars, which mm. is actually exciting. It is. But yeah, we need to see them out there, people. You need to don't lock them away. No, please. I'm going to make a suggestion, and I talked about this. Did I talk to you about this? Well, we're getting off topic, a little bit off topic here, but that's all right. It's our top ten anyway. But you know this year what I want to do at some point in 2023 is with either the spring or the whatever auction, Shannon's, yeah. we do it live. We do the last two hours live. I like that idea. Yeah, we live stream it to Facebook. Yeah. So we're, we're sitting here and we're yeah. watching it. We can give like, you know, watch it. Do you think that's exciting? Yeah, and no. <laughs> that wasn't very convincing. No, sorry, I, I got a. That yeah, was not convincing at all. And you know, it was. No, you know what we should do. Again, twenty three, twenty twenty three. New new ideas. New ideas. Let's try find something to put in the auction, and watch it live. We're going to buy a car and then auction it. Yeah. Is, huh? yeah. We're going to fix it up. Yeah. Okay. With all that free time we have. Yep. But. So, okay. Yeah. But do you not think that that's exciting? Like, as no, I think, it is. I think, I think people will tune in. I to mean, people watch the Lloyd's auctions and the. Yeah, but we're not going to, we're not going to show the auction itself. We're going to, we're going to give a running commentary of the final two hours. Yeah, I reckon. We, a, you know? Yeah, let's do it. Because in the final two hours, I think you'll find that probably 20 lots 
finish off, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's We should talk to our friends at Shannon's as well and see yeah, if they want to... see where we fit in, if they'll be on board with that. Yeah, it'd be something different. I think I actually did talk to James about it, to be honest. Oh, well, well, He said it was cool, but I don't know. Was like, well, we'll throw it out there. Anyway, that, that episode aired on the 14th of January. Hey, coming in at number seven, this was a this was this wasn't where I expected it to be. It, it aired on the second of February, twenty twenty two. It was uh, our episode one hundred and thirty two. It was the E V Nullarbor crossing. So Polestar had an E V that crossed yeah. the, the Nullarbor. Now we did other E V episodes this year, yeah. right? One that was a what we deemed as a feature episode. I hate to say it didn't rank in our top ten. Yeah, we did other ones last year that were we did other ones last year, but we did one this year. Simon and myself did a special one right here in this studio. Yeah. A special EV episode. We had facts and figures. It did not rate in our top ten. I hate to say that, but that's yeah. the reality. But this one here did. So whether it was a different look on it or whatever it may have been. But anyway, let's have a listen to this aired on the 2nd of February. It was the EV Nullarbor Crossing episode 132. So this appeared on my uh, news feed the other day. Very, I'm not, not trying to be EV focused this week, by the way, but it just, it's got me going. Feels like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I should, my fault. It's my <laughs> fault. <it's just laughs> oh, look, no, I've got a lot of my mates that have been, I said, been buying Teslas, and I, I give them all manner of crap. Let's put that way, <laughs> all right? Um, so apparently an EV has finally crossed the level. Is that like a circumnavigation of the globe or so? Is that the kind of scale um, that we're talking about? So the, uh, Get that. the Volvo, the Polestar, has uh, crossed the plane using a fully off-grid power station using chip fat. Oh, we talked about this. So, so apparently biodiesel is carbon neutral, right? So... I, I told you guys I want to I want to do a startup. So if there's any venture capitalists out there listening to this, right, give me a call, get in touch, email us, whatever, you, whatever you got to do, smoke signals, I don't care, because I what I want to do is I want to buy fish and chip oil and bury it, because I believe that if this is carbon neutral, then that must be carbon capture, and we can sell the carbon cat, and we'll make millions of dollars from the carbon credits, millions. So the, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. The philosophy is that the carbon is captured by the canola yep. and vegetables that they create that used to make the oil. Yep. And then the same amount of carbon is emitted by the diesel generator yep. that is powering... It's not a diesel generator, it's a canola generator. It's a biodiesel gen set to, to power the... EV. EV. What? what I, I'm not, How I many sound watts? Like, I sound like I'm <laughs> knocking the EV, and I'm not. I'm seri seriously not. And I, he, hello to. Um, oh, Jürgen. Jürgen. Isn't this his deal? The biodiesel deal? Partly. I've yeah. been, I tried to contact Jürgen about it. Jürgen, if you're listening, reach out to me. Um, I, I thought we'd been trying to get in touch with We them have since uh, the, and the, the news article. And there's been some other people involved with Jürgen that their name appeared in the article. But neither of them answered their phone. But he's a Tesla guy. What are you doing in a Volvo? Well, it's not him that drove the car. Oh. But he's behind the generator. So hang on a minute. How did they get across the Nullarbor? So they had, they, to correct me if I'm wrong, did they tow this thing? In, or no, 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 no. Set? What I'm saying is with the, the hard borders, 
But nah, you actually you actually I cut this bit out of the article. You actually got an interesting point. They only got as far as WA border. That was it. They got stuck to border towns. Ah, oh, so they didn't cross the Nullarbor then, technically. Well, Nullarbor does end. They, at, they cross South Australia. <laughs> well, doesn't the Nullarbor technically end at Eucla? Yeah, I know, but but you know, we we look at it as going from Perth yeah. to you know Sydney, and I know Melbourne. some people that went from Perth to Bordertown or Eucla, yeah, to meet up with this. They were in an EV as well. Yes, they running, were running on fish and chip fat. Um, towing a trailer. <laughs> towing a trailer. Anyway, well, uh, Gen set. But my question then is, <laughs> yes, my on. question is, how do you, are we taking into account the transportation of the fish and chip oil to the gen set? How did it get there? Because that that that, well, that it's transportation burnt carbon. Rumor has it it was a sixty series towing a trailer. They had the generator and the, the chip oil chip oil on it. Out to the Nullarbor. Because oh the point that I'm trying God. to make here is that running on biodiesel though. The 60s is running on biodiesel. Again, oh I've got to confirm this rumor. God, this is such okay. not a record. All right, okay. <laughs> this is. I'm not. I'm not. No, shout out to this. Look, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I think what they're trying to say is that they're, they're trying to, to try and prove something. I'm not. I'm not against that, but I think we need to take into account have the chip oil. But there's not yeah. going to be an abundance of chip oil from the roadhouse and the, you, you know, no. on the, on the air pinning, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, you can only have so many cheese sausages at the roadhouse, you know what I mean? So, the, the chip oil needs to get there, and it gets yeah. there in the, in what manner? Look, I... I Seagulls. There's an insider that I spoke to about this. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm, I'm going to bring... I feel, I feel that this is the appropriate time. And he said that the truck that's going to carry the fish and chip oil out to the Nullarbor will run on fish and chip oil. Okay. That was a bit of a laugh anyway. We, we, we don't want to take things too seriously. Yeah. You know, no, exactly. I mean, did you have we, I think you played the sound effect of the EV car playing again, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. It's a favourite of Adam's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Erin... On the 22nd of June, now this was the longest hiatus we've ever had in the six years we've been doing the podcast. In six years, we did, this is the first time we took, like it was like a seven-week break. Yeah. Because I just simply didn't have the time to, to record, edit, and do anything. So, And I think that was fairly well documented at the time. We called the episode, We're Back. And yes. we were back, and that was a really that was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it because it was six weeks we hadn't recorded anything at all. Episode one hundred and forty three aired on the twenty second of June, twenty twenty two. Let's have a listen to that one here. It's been so long, Nick. It's been <laughs> yeah. so long. It's been so long. I had no idea what I was doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, where, where have we been? I don't know. It's been, it's been a long time. A very long time. <coughs> it is. I like. It's been a long time it. since we rock and rolled. <laughs> now we probably need to explain why the the reason for the break. It's not nothing to do with Simon, of course. But I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Simon, I'll take I'll take I'll take uh, responsibility. But I know <laughs> why did you make a point of saying that? <laughs> Is no, it normally because of me? No, no, no. I just think yeah, I don't want it. people to think like we need to tell them. I mean, well, I know you started a new job. Probably how long ago? How long I have you been in your January, job? That was it January. Oh, I can't blame you at all. No, then. but it's gone. <laughs> nothing to do with you. Pretty much just before Easter and the whole time since Easter, I think I saw my bed all up for a week out of nine. Mm. 
Yeah, right. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. I Does that mean you've been sleeping around? No, I wish. <laughs> yeah. At, at, no, I mean, you know, like on site and yeah, stuff. Yeah, slutty mind sites. Anyway. <laughs> so, and, and myself, I'd started a new job as well, and I just needed some time to have get my feet under the table, as they say. Listen, uh, we just got to... Uh, the woke police are here, okay? You can't say slutty mind sites in light of what was in the paper. Oh, okay, right? sorry. Okay, you need to retract that comment. Okay, I'll retract that comment. We'll so get I'll, hate mail. This one won't go to radio, so you Oh, okay, good. But What's my, going on with the radio? Yeah, so they're back-to-back bunning sausage sizzle. Speaking of which, if you're listening to us prior to uh, Saturday the 25th of June, head down to Bunnings Ellerbrook. You'll, you'll catch me. I'll be there from 9 till 12. Not that you want to come and see me. 25th of June, 2022. 2022, yes. So this Saturday... Come down to Bunnings Allenbrook. I'll yeah. be on the cooker from 9 till 12. I'm just saying that just in case, you know, you're that busy, you don't edit it till... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to try and edit this. New millennial. I'm going to edit... This, this podcast should go to air on Wednesday, the 22nd of June. So head on down to Bunnings in um, Allenbrook. Yep. And you will you can catch up with myself there. And I'll be on the griller from 9 till 12. No, don't come and... Just come it's going to be like Nick's Burgers. Nick Snaggers. So, uh, can we is catch like the Bob's crew? Burgers? Bob's Burgers. Let's see, he's a movie out, Bob's Burgers. Oh, is there? I love, yeah. I love that show. It's I great. Saw, I saw that the other day. Bob's Burgers. So, anyway. And Archer. Have you guys ever watched Archer? Yeah, I like Archer. Archer's Archer. brilliant. Uh, I haven't brilliant. seen Archer. What's that? that what's that? Oh, really? No, no, you got to check it out. It's awesome. Is that a Netflix job or a... Uh, uh, it used to be on ABC or Vice. Yeah, no, Vice. It was on SBS, Yeah, SBS. Um, it's on Netflix now, I think, but it's a okay. um, an animated cartoon where he's a secret agent, but he's completely useless. Okay. He's not, that's not what it is. Yes, it <laughs> is. Not, isn't it? That is the completely wrong analogy. He's, not, he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's in, just an awesome person. I have seen it. I like <laughs> it. Oh, I'm going to have to check that one out. I haven't seen that one. Anyway, what have you guys been up to? Tell us, because I know I've been all over the place, but tell... tell Work, surprisingly. Yep. Uh, Moving house. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So, moving half my life into a storage unit. That's been pretty exciting. Did you still need the. Maybe. Um, I don't know. No, let us (laughs) know. Everything changes by the hour at the moment. Let us know. And um, just having had time to play with the cars, as usual, which really is really bad, but just no time. Like, absolutely. Mm. Zero. Yeah. So, no, I know the feeling. Uh, How about yourself, Simon? I mate, know you've been playing with I'm, lots of cars. I've been playing with lots of... Forget about the cars. You know what? I've, where I've been in the break. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to sing this, you know. I've been nowhere, man. I've <laughs> been in isolation, isolation, oh, lockdown, right, yeah. lockdown. It's yeah, been well, ridiculous. I had a bit of that as well. I mean, my first week of my new job, and luckily the rules had changed. I could still get to work, but my kids and my wife had COVID. So, Actually, yeah. uh, so two out of three. Two out of three ain't bad. I still haven't got it. Oh, no, you, you probably it. had it. You've both probably had it. You just didn't know. Dude, I, I've, I've got to be honest. I've never felt this good. Due <laughs> for a heart attack or something? <laughs> no, I feel really good. I, like through this spate, even when my wife had it and my kids had it, I, I was on top of the world. Well, I know last week at work, one of our guys got it, mm. and I literally saw him in the morning and went, "You don't look well." Like you know, working inside a confined space together and tools and the whole lot and then 
That 90, I thought I just tested positive. And I'm like, that's in on mum history. Nope, tested negative, PCR negative. Hmm. He's still at home, sick as a dog four days later. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, touch well, wood. I, I touch had wood. two lots of isolation you a did, week yeah. apart, yeah, because of the, the um, eldest. They had two breakouts. Back when, if you sneezed, yeah. you know, we were in lockdown. <laughs> then, then I got sick with what I, I, I don't know, it looked like chickenpox to me. They reckon, no, you know, you're 50, you should be shingles. Oh, it didn't look like shingles, it looked like chickenpox. Then I got the flu, and then I got COVID. <laughs> Jesus, oh, that was terrible. You had a bad run there. So, yeah, I had a month off work, basically. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, I mean, you could probably ill afford to have any time off work. I know you're flat out doing building a few cars. you got a few cars on the go, I see. Yeah, we've got a few cars on the go. We've got a lot of transmissions on the go, a lot of converters on the go. No, it's good. That's good. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a tumultuous few months. Look, I mean, as I said, we took we took. This is the first time we've taken any time off, but in five years, you know, it's been five years we've been doing this. Wow, five, five years. It's the first time we've taken a break from it. So, apologise to our listeners. Everyone's good. We're all healthy because there was a lot of concern that we weren't well. So. So to our listeners that were concerned, uh, thank you very oh, much. A lot of people your... say I'm sick. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for your kind messages. It's greatly appreciated. We're all good, and we're back now. We're going to get back into the schedule. We're going to hit the, you know, hit the, the two weekly schedule, and we're back into this. So don't don't fear. We're back, and uh, we got our. I've had enough time with my feet under the table. So there we are, having a bit of a fun, a bit of a lend at ourselves. And I don't know if anyone realised, mm. we uh, we shifted studios. Yeah, we did. We said goodbye to the home capital of the world. We did Belcata. say goodbye to Belcatta. Yep, yep. I don't know, yeah, but we never know. really openly said that. Did no, we, we did, and I think we can now. We've we've had six months to get over it. <laughs> we you know, it was a new year, and uh, yeah, I mean, we had the reasons. We had, we had to move, of course, um, yep. but I kind of miss Belcatta. I do as well. I miss it as well. I do like the the one we sort of knew, the new studio that we sort of use at the Aussie Park. Yes. Hidden away. This is very... Have you, speaking of hidden away, have you seen the garage, like two garages? Oh, down? yeah. What's going on there? What's there? I don't know, but I'm going to go find out who owns that and talk to them. I oh, know. Jeez, there's some nice cars in there. Yeah. Some, I think I know who it is. Okay. Because I had a good look last we year. Say, we shouldn't disclose to where we are. Exactly. Yeah, it's got toy cars in it. Toy, lots of toy cars. Yeah. We should um, do an episode in there. Yeah, but we yeah, we're in we're not in Aussie Park though. We're in yeah, we're in um excellent. no, we're in Aussie Park. We're in a loo. Yeah, in a loo. Yeah, we're near the, we're near, near Seven West Media. Okay, anyone listening? Yes, <laughs> just giving it away, haven't I? <laughs> anyway, never mind. Hey, Aaron, on the fourth of May, uh, episode one hundred and forty-two. Love this guy, Chris Bitmead, builder of Xbox. He's also the technical director of Osma. We had him on. Um, I don't know, do you reckon? Do you reckon he'll let Stan and Mark know that he outranked them by? Well, they came in at number ten. Oh, He's maybe came in at number five, Chris. Mind you, you know, um, I I seem to think. Correct me if I'm wrong. At the time we recorded Chris's episode, I could be wrong, but I think we were in a in a bit of a lockdown, a COVID lockdown. I think. Remember, we had one earlier in the year. Or no. I think I was away. Yeah, you weren't here. I recorded it over Zoom. So maybe, you know, people were stuck at home again for a little while. It was only a short one, but something sticks in my mind. 
Anyway, we need to listen to Chris. He's a wealth of information. Let's have a listen to Chris Bitmead, 4th of May, 2022, episode 142, came in at number five. Welcome to Chris Bitmead. Chris, thanks for, thanks for coming along on the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Nick. It's uh, great to be here, and uh, I love talking about all things automotive, so this suits me uh, down to the ground. Oh, cool, cool. Look, we met through a mutual friend of ours, a friend on the podcast as well, Johnny Alardi. So we should shout out to Johnny. And, and uh, so I know I met you a few years ago now, but uh, we sort of hang in the same circles, I guess. So I, I enjoy going on some of the events that you hold as well. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. But look, I mean, I guess while tonight we're going to be talking about you represent Wasma, but before we kick off with Wasma, let's just t- touch base a little bit about in terms of your your past, in terms of cars, and, and where this where this obsession came from. Uh, it started back uh, probably when I was uh, at school, primary school, high school, I can't remember, uh, where I used to actually do up a bike, you know, like for, for, for competitions and, yeah. and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so... Always, always love fiddling around with things mechanical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never been a job of mine. It's always been a passion, though. So yep. uh, when I when I left school and got a job, um, not too long after that, I bought my first project, which was a, a 1954 FJ Holden. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a car I bought as a, a bare shell. Uh, yep. A bit of a theme there, as you'll probably hear about later <laughs> on. Um, but, yeah, I bought as a, a, a bare shell. And that car took me, I think, four years to... Uh, to, to do up, um, yep. it was um, it was a nice car for its day. It was back in the uh, in the mid eighties when I did that, mm. and uh, that car ended up winning top judge at motivation uh, in yeah, okay. nineteen eighty seven, I think. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was uh, before Bam Bam bought his um, awesome HQ out and really lifted the bar over yeah. WA in terms of show cars. So um, yeah, that was that, that was good fun. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Talk us through motivation because a lot of people think it's a show of recent years, but as we had Richie Howlett on the podcast quite a few episodes ago, and we've spoken to Bam Bam as well, that show goes back quite a significant um, number of years now and is really the pinnacle of of Western Australian uh, shows, isn't it? Oh, it is very much so. And uh, so, like I said, I was was at Motivation in like 86 or 87. Like I said, my memory is a bit foggy now, the... uh, but, um, but it was a great event, and that was back in the days when they had it at Cannington, um, at the Greyhound track at Cannington. Yep. Yep. And then they used another oval out the back for doing the driving events. Mm. So, um, yeah, obviously the show then moved on to yeah, Burswood after yep. that, which was a big step up. And there were other shows at uh, Belmont Racecourse. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, uh, of course, yeah, Motorplex. I mean, yeah. Motorplex is, the fa- is a fantastic venue and, and yeah, really the only place where you can hold a an event of that caliber where you've got, you know, show and shine, um, plenty of room for show and shine, plus plenty of room for people doing cruising. And, you know, we really saw, seen the, the, uh, the show change over the years, you know, advent of burnouts and stuff like that, where in the early days the burnouts were almost a bit of a demonstration type thing, whereas now yeah. it's pretty much a staple of the show. Mm, yeah isn't it funny like motivations kind of become a business as well a business to, for promoters to to get involved and and not necessarily make a, a heap of money but I, I it's a business to them now isn't it it was interesting because i remember uh, when i actually won uh top judge at motivation i went and picked up the trophies i actually didn't even attend the, the trophy presentation there I'd, it was a two-day event and i was only there for one of the two days i think 
<clears throat> anyway, so I missed the trophy presentation. I went and picked them up afterwards and they said to me, oh, next year we're thinking of introducing prize money to the event. And I went, well, I don't know if that's such a good idea. It'll take it away from being a, um, you know, just a, you know, a hobby type show into something that's a bit more serious. Anyway, yeah. I think they did that and, uh, you know, the world changed after that. But Motivation wasn't the only show to do that. You know, a lot of other shows around the country were making similar changes at that time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And uh, I think sometimes we can weigh up the pros and cons of prize money, but I think we've seen a number of clubs and and, and event promoters putting on prize money to uh, attract a, maybe a higher caliber of entrant, but... I agree with you. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's that's required, but I think that's how they pitch their show. I guess. I think so. Yeah, they they probably feel they need to do that to attract the best cars uh, mm. to the shows. I mean, I always believe that people build the cars for themselves. Mm. Um, and I actually used to be involved in the running of a hot rod show in Perth, and at one stage, I remember you know promoting the idea of you know paying people or giving out prize money for displays. Um, my thinking was that you know your displays are there for the show, but the cars are there for the owners and mm. and uh, and for them to appreciate as a, as a vehicle more so yeah. than the shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. All right, that was great to hear from Chris there coming in at number five. Um, you know, I don't go out to be a drag racing podcast. We don't intentionally do that. But we find, because Simon's on here, we find that our listener base is orientated towards drag racing. And number four is proof of that. We didn't have a guest on this episode, but it ranked at number four. And mind you, number threes, that's a real funny one, isn't it? But anyway, number four, let's get to number four at the moment. Aaron, on the 8th of March, all we did was talk about the 51st running of the Western Nationals, and that episode, episode 135, has come into number four on our top ten of 2022. Yeah, I'm not surprised, though. From memory, Gons did a big chat about it. He did. It, he did a massive chat. Which was good, like the review. Mm. Um, I think I was down there for both days as well. Yeah. So and I will be there again for both days in this year. Looking forward to that. That's coming up soon. Can't believe it's Western Nationals very soon in less than two months. But <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's have a listen to that one here. It was the fifty first running of the Western Nationals. It was the eighth of March, twenty twenty two, episode one hundred and thirty five. Better late than never, eh, Nick? That's it. That's it. I know you're coming in. You'll be here soon. But uh, and Todd, Todd's coming in as well, so he'll be here shortly. Um, but yeah, we thought we'd just get the the show underway. Um, Western Nationals. What can we say, Nick? Anyone that thinks that uh, even even with the the, um, the greatest efforts of the state government to try and shut drag racing down in Western Australia, anyone that thinks that drag racing is not alive and well. Uh, if you were there on a weekend, it's not only alive and well, it, it is well and truly happening. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Most definitely. It was um, an awesome, awesome event. And uh, hats off to Ray Treasure and the entire Motorplex team uh, and all the competitors as well and and everyone that participated in the event. And, I think, you know... What, what about the, the fairy tale story? Sorry to cut you off, Nick, but... You know, uh, speaking of Ray, the fairy tale story from uh, the treasures, his brother and his nephew, father taking out modifier in, in incredible form. 
and uh, Sam going on to uh, not only take our competition eliminator, but reset the national record at the very same time. What an awesome, awesome uh, showing by, by the Treasure team. Uh, just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And, and I'll tell you what, in the final against Nigel Johnson, um, you know, just incredible because Nigel's car, both the cars were on rails all weekend. Mm. Uh, some incredible numbers. I can't believe how many national records were smashed at the Western Nationals this year. Eight, I think. Eight or seven. Something like that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So spe- speaking of Daryl Treasure, mm. uh, he was in the finals with Nick Gardner, which I tell you what, Nick's been out of the seat for a long, long time. And to come back out, dust off the old Topolino and make it through uh, the field. And, you know, he said to me, I spoke to him after the event, and he said to me, he goes, you know, Simon, I knew I had to go for it because Daryl is he's sharp. You know, he's sharp. And I had, to, I had to do everything I could possibly do to try and beat him. So uh, he knew he was, he was uh, going in there hard and unfortunately uh, went red and uh, ran under. As well, so you can't say he wasn't trying. That's for sure. It wasn't the biggest of red lights. It was, uh, as we said before, you know, there was a, it wasn't the, it wasn't, a, it was red, but it wasn't very red. Let's put it that way. But Nick, I reckon he's been out of the car. Dare I say, twelve to fifteen years. Uh, I, I don't, didn't think it was that long. Oh, <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> I thought it was more like. Five or seven, oh, I don't think there. so. He, don't he, think he so. He did tell me. He did tell me, but uh, yeah, it has been a long time. But yeah, effectively they just dusted it off, fired it back up, and um, you know did the maintenance and needed to be done, and yeah. uh, and and to make it all the way through. A bit like John Arthusian used to uh, used to do, used to bring the car out for the one event and make it to the finals every yes. time, and usually win. Yes, that's right, that's right. Now, but yeah, look, I mean, Nick, that's a magnificent effort as well. Nick, uh, for those that don't know, Andrew, Andrew uh, Stewart as well, and uh, very helpful. What Nick hasn't done for the sport, um, you know, he's, it's amazing the sort of work that he's done uh, for Andrew. Yeah, yeah, the yeah that's right. Family. Liz as well, of course. Yes, Liz, Liz Gardner, that is, has done a lot, a lot of work for the for drag races in Western Australia over the years. And it was great to see him back in the car, but it'd be interesting to ask him. I reckon it's I reckon it's over 10. I'd say that. I reckon it's over well, 10. I'm sure he's going to uh, ring us up and correct us on that He'll one. be listening as well. <laughs> He'll be another one that's listening. So, yeah, ring us. Let us know, Nick. Let us know how long it's been. <laughs> and, and top door slammer. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, Daniel Gregorini, if anyone doubted his ability, his potential... Um, he proved all the critics wrong on the weekend, not only top qualifying, uh, but, you know, when it counted, last run of the night, uh, whole shot Zapier and, and ran within two thousandths of a second of the 11-time Australian champion. Yeah, yeah. I watched the replay of that one, and uh, there was, like, you could have thrown a blanket over both of the cars. They were, that's how close they were, so, yeah. I, I don't even think there was a foot in it at the finish line. It was ridiculous. There was four hundredths on the start line, and, yeah, Zap, Zap had him covered by two thousandths, but it just wasn't enough. It just mm. wasn't enough. And, um, you know, I, you know, all, all I can say is that... Um, these guys are the real deal. They are the real deal. They have had their ups and downs uh, over the last couple of seasons. But, um, you know, and, and the other thing is, 
incredible to see a um, a full field and an alternate as well. Um, just unbelievable. It just shows you how strong the sport is in Western Australia. And you know the other thing too, Nick. I've got mm. to say how many Eastern States were competitors were at this event. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the borders opening up uh, just in time, we, we saw quite a few over east competitors make make the trek over. So it was great, great to see. We'll talk about some of those, uh, some of those guys shortly. Um, what about top fuel bike? I mean, uh, Jay Upton. What can we say? He is an icon of Australian top fuel bike, isn't he? That run that he put down. Mm. Uh, you know, like it was nowhere near a full track pass. Yeah. It left the hardest I've seen that bike leave. Mm. And he was off it. Nick, I reckon he was off it before half track and it still went through for a six six six. That was just incredible to watch. Yeah. And you know, when those guys get that thing to go A to B under full power, you know, look out Larry McBride because that, that record, that world record, that's coming home to Perth. Mm, definitely. 100% it is. 100%. Number three tells me... What does number three tell you? Do you know what it tells me? I'll say what it tells me first. That our listener base is not necessarily where we think it is. No, and we and people like a laugh. Yeah, they do like a laugh. Yeah. And, and that tells me that our listener base, and I know this for a fact, more than 50% of our listeners are actually offshore in the United States of America. Oh, there you go. So that's more than 50% of our listeners are offshore in the United States. Number three, coming in number three, episode 133, it was the Super Bowl, airing on the 15th of February 2022, it was the Super Bowl 2022 car ads. So he reviewed the car ads of the Super Bowl for 2022. That episode rated its socks off. Yeah. So, and we promoted it in that manner as well. Yeah. So, I mean, all of our promotion for that episode, even though we talked about other things on that episode, was based around that. So let's have a listen to that because I actually did get a good kick from this episode. Yeah. I don't know if you guys caught the game. I didn't. I bought my Los Angeles Rams hat in. That's a genuine hat from... 1991 that happened when they were originally in Los Angeles then they moved to St. Louis and they went back see this is what happens this is the the infiltration of the seven west media <laughs> no one gave a <laughs> bleep I didn't really about, either. about the Super Bowl and now we've got Nick <laughs> I, know, I, I don't really care it's just I have a I, I like the Rams for with merch he's got merch it's because it's got oh, blue and yellow on it doesn't it huh? it's because it's got blue and yellow it reminds you of another team that's true it? that's a good point but yeah I got this in the 90s per tech no I was <laughs> <laughs> <Plays> right <laughs> <laughs> they won but they won Bathurst didn't they that's true yeah, yeah. good point yeah, good come point. on mate jeez <laughs> But I don't know if you guys caught the advertising, the automotive. We're going to only cover the automotive, the the automotive commercials from the Super Bowl. Uh, some of them are really interesting. But the one thing you're going to pick up on here is the focus on EV and EV and nothing else but EV. <laughs> so let's just have a look here. This was GM's offering. This was quite 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 humorous. I found. Ladies and gentlemen, our takeover of General Motors is complete. Dr. Abel, GM's Ultium platform will power our whole operation. Now we can reduce tailpipe emissions. Oh, please, cheer. For my son. Oh. Your son? I shall name him 
baby me. No, <laughs> his name is Kyle. You must help save the world first. Then you can take over that world. Hold on, I've got it. I will help save the world first, then take over the world. She literally just said that. Scott, you just don't get it, do you? What? You didn't get it. Oh, we're right back here. You're I never gonna get you it. You can't draw me in How about you? You act like a child. You can't push my buttons anymore. Stop! Oh! We'll reduce our carbon footprint. Okay, let's go. We're going all electric. Everybody in! Not you, Scott. Bye-bye, baby me. So that was that was GM's offering. And look, how how did you see, you saw the vehicles there yeah. at the end, like for literally three two seconds, seconds. <laughs> yeah, three seconds maybe. So that was that was GM's offering. That was their full electric. This is this was BMW's version. So that was Mike Myers we saw there. Before. I was going to say, you know, thank God, thank God, the Los Angeles one. <laughs> Because <laughs> only Californians, well, actually, a small percentage of noisy Californians could appreciate that ad. <laughs> so this is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Selma Hayek as Zeus and his and his Zeus's wife. Hey, can, I, can I make a prediction here? Yeah, they will not run ads like this during Daytona. <laughs> They will not be running ads like this during Daytona. Or someone will get shot. It is time for Susan and I to retire. So where will you go? Zeus! Sorry, Zeus! I need a charge in the... Oh! Thanks! It's not broken science. I'm heading out. Don't forget to take Peggy for a walk. What? Yo, Zeus! Ah, a little juice! That's it. I'm done with this place. We'll see about that. Everything okay out there, baby? Hey! Little Peggy, a little walk, huh? I figure you could use a little pick-me-up. All electric? All electric. The BMW iX. Electricity in its ultimate form. Electric Avenue. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Now, let's just point out the obvious here. Mm. The reason I've got to have famous actors and singing and Simon's <laughs> eating chips in the background. That's his level of interest. It's because, as Nick and I have learnt, you can't advertise and display electric cars really well on the radio, can you? No, you can't. Adam Ward has pointed Thank you, Adam. Out. Was, yeah. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Hi, Adam. <laughs> Don't forget what we discussed today. Yes, I have Do not. We need to make sure we mention this in this segment. <laughs> but, but it's interesting, that, again, the car. How much was that car in that ad? So what the, the premise of the commercial is Arnold Schwarzenegger as Zeus and Selma Hayek as his wife, um, uh, Hedda. They, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that was Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. So he's... He'll be back. He's <laughs> retired from <laughs> Greek mythology as Zeus and has come down to Earth and is living his life, is living his retirement out in Earth. Actually, was it him that, uh, well, Arnie, when he was the governor, was it him that brought in a whole heap of these laws for the missions? It might have been before him, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah sorry. What off he topic, did that was significant was that he, he was a governor Hummer <laughs> to run on hydrogen? I believe right. so, yeah. 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 So, anyway, because... 
because you give off even more CO2 emissions converting perfectly good water into hydrogen yeah. than what the Hummer would have used if it was running on, say, coal. <laughs> Which they, they can, apparently. They can't run anything. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at Nissan's offering. Now, do, who's fans of Shit's Creek? Never Good watched fans. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you'll enjoy this. You'll enjoy this. You've never watched it. No, but I, I know who he is. You, and don't, I, I, you don't know what you're missing. He's gold. All right. Gold. Nice ride. Want to give it a spin? Coffee's enough excitement for me. <laughs> Come on. Very nice. Catherine? What the... Hey, hey! <laughs> All right! Is that... Eugene Levy? Huh. Eugene. Where is he? Where are you? Be there in two seconds. Well, cock-a-doodle-doo. Send him. Watch the coffee. I'll drive. Now, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. I'm Sorry. trying that. to figure out here. You said they were electric. No, yeah. well, that, the, the, the car that Moira, Moira is in is, is an EV, but they're also uh, debuting the Z car as well. Yeah. So, right. I get that ad now. So what Nissan's trying to say is that, you know, for everyone else, electric's good. But if you want excitement, <laughs> if you want to be the star... You need a petrol. Well, do, can you see the under the, the the thing that we're missing here is that that car transforms Eugene Levy or um, John John Rose. That's his name in Shit's Creek. John Rose transforms him into this, you know, long-haired sort of mythical sort of Gonzo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it transforms him into a cool dude. You see him when he first I've gets in the car. Coffee cup move too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and the other guy's a wrestler of some description, Batista as well. Or you, and also he was in like half the, the Marvel series. Yes, yeah, see. Same with the, the girl at the start yeah, was Captain the, Marvel, okay. uh, like from the MCU. Isn't he in the uh, Guardians? Of the Ga- Guardians, yeah, yeah, one yeah, or two, yeah. One. yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome, those yeah. movies. He was in yeah. Blade Runner 2029, 2020, 2042, anyway. Whatever. Blade Runner 3062. <laughs> now, here is... Something of Rocky. <laughs> here is Polestar's offering. Now, they only did a 15-second uh, a glimpse. So I don't have the full ad. Who? Polestar is the uh, Volvo electric version. Was or- it? Is the sound missing or no, are that's, we... No, that's are intentional. We, okay. That was intentional. So, there you so, go, Adam. We're showing an ad that has no sound. Forward. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was a story. so is, would, that would be a fair description of Polestar, isn't it, uh, Todd? That it's their performance or their... This is it here. But no, I can't hear anything. But that was its intention. Yeah. No beef, no spills, no parody, no weddings, I think it says. Tune into the big game, Polestar, in today's day. Uh-huh. Don't know. Wouldn't buy one. Yeah. 
that was their that was their offering anyway. No Clydesdales, no monkeys. <laughs> Have you guys seen Office Space? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was <laughs> from our friends at Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> This is easiest now. I've lost you a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) This is Kia's offering. This is not bad. Bit bit cute, but anyway, have a have a watch of this one here. All right, so that's the first dog I've seen with range anxiety. Yeah. Now, I I thought that I I could see where that was going. I could see where that was going, except I thought it was going to end differently. I thought the dog was going to cock its leg on the Kia and then get charged up. Yeah, me too. That's where, and it was some sort of warning: do not urinate on electric vehicles. Or don't whistle an electric fence. You know the old song. But do you see the that what they're trying to do here is to tug on the human emotion to connect electric vehicles to to some sort of human emotion. There, I don't want an electric dog. Don't, I don't want you a Labrador. See, you got that out of that. Yeah, I want yeah, a Labrador. Dog, I'd love a Labrador. The dog's gone. So what? What the commercial is is a robotic dog that sees a Kia. The new Kia uh, EV6 GT, which is... And, an, and then dies because it runs out of battery yeah, before it can... So I was trying to go to Kalgoorlie and get there in time. So it's trying <laughs> to jump into the car, into the <laughs> roof. pull over and charge with the diesel generator. Yeah, yeah halfway know. across. But it's all yeah. right because it runs on fish and chip oil. Oh, there you go. The dog <laughs> is trying to jump into the car and goes flat. The owner then gets a USB cable out and ch- from, the, from the electric <laughs> Kia car, charges the dog. Don't you see it's the connection between the electric car, the no, robotic makes dog, want the making a human... No. Huh? no, it makes me think of Skynet and why we should yeah. kill all electric vehicles. Yes. I'm not, I'm not defending it here, but I'm trying to say this is what, <laughs> this is what these... Or they, the, they started with uh, the hybrids. If you want to see you know. a really cool electric dog, Boston Dynamics on YouTube <laughs> and their dog, you won't sleep again ever. What's it called? Boston Dynamics. Boston Dynamics. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> you won't sleep again? Yeah, that's Skynet. That's Rise of the Machines. Boston Dynamics. Oh. They're probably listening to me. They're probably going to bug my house and blow me up now. I'm going to write that down. Boston Dynamics, yeah. They, so they, anyway, that was the automotive offering at the Super Bowl. Interesting, isn't it? The, Do you know how much those ads cost? No, I don't know. No. Millions. Millions. <laughs> <laughs> One million dollars. (laughs) So I mean, out of that, my favourite was was the Nissan. 
Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Funnily enough, it had the only petrol gasoline. Car. Yeah, gasoline is alive gasoline and well. Car <laughs> in it. All right, that was episode 133. The car ads from the 2022 Super Bowl. And again, it's just around the corner. I know. I know Bowl. that's literally just around the corner now. And it'd be interesting to see what this year brings car ads. Because well, I'm looking forward to it. I know, I know we can run these things again because they're popular. Just don't do electric cars. No, that's the beauty of it is most well, of them are electric cars and we just take the... Might have to dub over jets and sound effects or something this year. <laughs> Did you know that last year, right? I think it was last year. George Jetson that should have been born. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Jeez, we got missed that by a bit. I know, but just something... My memory, come on. Yeah, I, yeah, you I did remember. well. Yeah, George Jetson should no, have No, no, I born. mean the, the... the I didn't mean... Oh. I didn't mean you missed it by a bit. I mean the... The, the, the cars. Of the oh, show yeah. And, and where we are oh, now. true. So, so we missed that by a bit. Anyway, moving on to number two. In the number two spot. Should we do a drum roll for number two? We should do a little bit of a drum roll. If you want. Episode 134. It aired on the 1st of March. It was Motivation 36 Grand Champion Simon Birch. I really enjoyed this episode. He's one of the most down-to-earth guys you'll ever meet. Built the mighty boy that sweeped the awards at Motivation. Let's have a listen to that episode right here. Okay, it's the Talk and Power podcast, and on this episode, we've got a special interview all the way from Motivation 36. He's the grand champion winner, Simon Birch. Simon, thanks for joining us on the podcast. How you going, mate? Looks like I get used to hearing that. <laughs> well, I suggest you get used to listening to that because I think you're going to hear it quite often, and I think in car shows to come, you'll, you'll hear it more and more often and in further interviews to come as well. So, look, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. I've got to ask, tell us, as you just said, grand champion, tell us what that feeling is like. Surreal, mate. Like, it's completely unexpected. I um, didn't build a show car. Well, I didn't mean to anyway. Um, yeah, completely unexpected. <laughs> I know you say that, and I... I I, I, I can understand I can understand your, your background. We need to probably talk about your your background. But I you you've come from the, the burnout scene, uh, with I think it was a H yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, HX Ute uh, docile, is that correct? Yeah, H J, yeah. J, That's sorry. Right, H J yep. yeah. Tell us, I mean, we'll talk about the Mighty Boy in a minute, but tell us how you got kicked off in the scene and, and some of the previous builds, inclu- including the one-tonner. Oh, the tonner was... Um, <laughs> I, I thought it docile because when I got it, I was uh, just going to leave it standard and it was probably the slowest 350 I'd, I'd ever been in. It was very docile. Um, but it looked pretty, so I was just going to leave it like that and then it had an extractor gasket leak which just annoyed me, so I ended up pulling it apart and, yeah, getting, getting a bigger engine for it. <laughs> Isn't that, is, that's funny, because, I mean, we talk to a lot of people on the podcast and that's how a lot of these, you know, these builds happen. They start off with an oil leak or maybe a rear main oil leak seal, so the engine's out. Oh, while the engine's out, let's do this, this and this, and the, the car turns into something else, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it. I, I couldn't bring myself to fix a, a ticking standard engine had to be something else 
But then, <laughs> then I didn't do the stuff myself, so I went to a um, another mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell us, Simon, where does the passion come from? Like, as a kid, tell us a bit about when you were a kid growing up. Like, did you were you born into that, or is it just something that you picked up as a as a young kid? Just a rock name, lad, mate. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of bogans down here. Um, so, um, yeah, family's not really into it. Um, they're very supportive of me, though, which is which is great. It does but, help. Um, yeah, just just mates from school, and um, we're all kind of into cars now. Mhm. Oh, yeah. What holds yeah. us together, mate? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So friends help you out with builds. I mean, that's how a lot of builds start, don't they? Like a group of guys get together, and that's what makes some of these cars so special is that it is a group of guys and girls, of course, that get together and, and help out with a build. Yeah, that's it. It's a great community. Um, you know, I always <laughs> say, to people, say to people with kids, if you want to keep your kids off drugs, just uh, get them addicted to cars because they'll never have the money for drugs. <laughs> it's a good meme, that one. So, all right, well, let's let's fast forward to the Suzuki Mighty Boy. I have to ask, like, this is what one of the questions that I have for you. Like, when you sat down and thought of the the car, what 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 came into your mind to think of the Mighty Boy? What how did that how did that start? It kind of started as a joke, really. Um, after a burnout comp years ago, probably five six years ago, um, we're all just talking rubbish, you know, still at the Motorplex and. Um, was talking about what cars we'd like to build, and I said, oh, I've seen a Mighty Boy, wouldn't mind doing that. Hmm. And one of the blokes overheard me and said, oh, I've got one you can have. So, that was it. But, I mean, and so the, I mean, this isn't just an every everyday Mighty Boy as well. You probably, we need to explain to some of our listeners as well. So, can I ask, what was the inspiration for the tilt body? So the body, the body tilts kind of, I guess, backwards, and the, and the hood tilts forwards. Can can you tell us the inspiration for that? Just because I wanted to be able to work on it easily. Um, the whole car is built so around serviceability. Hmm. <laughs> um, at, at the time when I was coming up with the plan, I was just changing the gearbox in the in the tunner and on the floor in the garage, and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Yep. Um, because it'd be good if I could just take the body off. And that's how it started. I was just going to have the body removable. Hmm. And then um, I thought, well, if I'm going to make it separate. I might as well try and make it tilt. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're getting down. That was a great episode, by the way, Simon. You did you did great. And I was, uh, we thank you for coming on. Simon Birch, that is the builder of the that magnificent Daihatsu Mighty Boy. He was Motivation 36 Grand Champion. That aired on the 1st of March, by the way, episode 134. All right, now we need to do a really decent-sized drum roll because coming in. Really bad. Coming in. Now let's let's build this first bit. Let's build it. These, if I say if I say too much, it's going to give it away. But I'll say it anyway. They are a husband and wife that came in. They came first and second in the Super Street Championship, Australian Championship, the year before and the year after. They swapped. Came first and second again. Went from from the husband to the wife. 
Championship. Theirs was a great story. I really enjoyed researching it. You're going to listen to it now. This episode aired on the 26th of April 2022. Coming in, the number one spot, the best episode for 2022, episode 141, Lisa and Paul Garbellini, Super Street Champions. Super Street Royalty, I should say, in some case. I'm here with Lisa and Paul Garbellini. Thanks, thanks for joining us in this podcast today. No worries. No thanks worries. for having us. I must say, how does that actually sit with you guys? Because it, it appears, we think it's the, well, you can tell us, but is it the first time ever that it's a husband and wife have gone first and second in the championship in Super Street or in any category of drag racing? From what we've been told, we keep getting told from Andrew that this is the first husband and wife one and two in Australian drag racing history. Yeah. I don't know how they would check that, but in their books that they've got it's the first one I'd b- i believe so as well I, I don't i don't recall i was gonna reach out to um uh, luke newhoff because he was a bit of a, a guru on that sort of stuff but I, I didn't in the end so i should have reached out to luke and and just asked the question but i think it's a magnificent achievement and for you guys to to do so have you ever guys considered yourself as the triple eight of drag racing <laughs> no nothing like that definitely definitely lacking in the um in the money department of AAA. <laughs> Maybe the money department, but I mean the way you, you present the cars are you know reasonably identical, using the same sponsorship across both cars. I know it's a long a long draw, but you know we don't see that too often in drag racing, do we? Where you know competitors have multiple cars in the one team that are almost identical. Yeah, I guess you you look at it like that. Um, we have sort of set it up definitely looking like a team uh, system and. Um, you know, we try and get the cars presentable in that way, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, certainly, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the cars shortly. Um, I want to mention some accolades. I'm sitting here with Lisa right now, and you are the reigning Australian uh, Summer Racing Equipment uh, Sportsman's uh, Series Super Street Champion. Jeez, that's a mouthful, especially when you write it out. <laughs> uh, taking the championship... From your husband. We're sitting here with the trophies. This is, I, I've never been this close to an Andrew trophy, I must say. So thank you for bringing them in. If you're watching the video, make sure you look at that gold Christmas tree and the runner-up Christmas tree as well. They are magnificent additions to your family, no doubt. But tell us, I mean, taking that championship from your husband and you finishing in second place, I know it's a difficult question, but, but talk us through that, that achievement, Lisa. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be out there without without him because <laughs> if he didn't organise my car to go to uh, Darwin Alice, I wouldn't be able to beat him and have a win. So, yeah, it's a big achievement and uh, hopefully I can do it again in the future. Well, let's talk about that. I'm really curious to talk about that, that particular road trip there. That kicked off in uh, July of 2021. Let's be honest, uh, the borders were pretty problematic back then. Uh, how did you, you know, I know Gordon Crawford took the, the, one of the cars up for you, but it, it really is the ultimate road trip. You've actually taken your race car, the 12, correct me if I'm wrong, 12,107 kilometre road trip. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I was usually pretty good with the mass, but uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, talk us through that road trip just to start with. So if I'm right here, it went Eniaba, Dampier, Broome, Kununurra, Darwin, 
Alice Springs, and then back home in the opposite direction. You didn't go back through South Australia because South Australia was closed at the time. Is that right? That's correct. Once we um, we made the trip down to Alice Springs for the second round, uh, there was an outbreak in South Australia, and um, they closed the border to. Well, they didn't close the border to Northern Territory. It's just if we went through South Australia, we weren't going to be able to come back home freely. Mm-hmm. So yep. we had to go back up top, which extended it. So yeah, and we, and we went the coast. Pretty sure we yeah we went the coast both times. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Righto. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a long road trip. I mean, on something like that, it it must bring you guys closer together, surely. Yeah, well, uh, I mean. we didn't talk too much, but <laughs> just trying to make sure he doesn't fall asleep at the wheel. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so talk us through that that road trip because I know you got a Facebook page and where we can follow what you do. You're you're literally camping on the side of the road. I know you're going up with some other teams as well, but you, you you're pretty much camping on the side of the road. Yeah, so I well, a couple of years ago I found out that one of the kings. Deluxe uh, swags actually fits across the back seat of a Commodore. Yep. So that became the new uh, accommodation. Yep. For all these trips, so we just load that in there. Uh, this trip, we because Lisa was coming with me, I took a bit of cooking gear and all that sort of stuff, and we'd have some snaggers on the side of the road at night or something like that. Yeah. Um, we left later than a lot of the other people. We caught uh, Marty Merco, who was a current Super Street uh, Super Sedan champion at the time, uh, in Port. Or 100 k's out of Port Hedland because he broke down with his trailer. Yep. So, you know, we ended up, and then we rode up with him. But, yeah, every night it's on the side of the road until we got to Broome, I think, because I was just over being in the swag. <laughs> so in I was woke up in the morning on the side of the road and on the uh, on the phone looking for some accommodation in Broome, which was hard to get at the time. Yeah, yeah, I can bet. So for those that are listening from other parts of the world or other, other countries, uh, Broome is basically... How would you say it's probably it's a bit of a tourist spot, really, in, yeah, in Australia? Yeah, they call it a gateway to the Kimberley. Yeah, yeah, so it's um it's it's understandable that I can imagine that was quite quite difficult to get into. So mm. yeah, for those that aren't familiar with Australia, you, you, it was you know it's you're going up from Perth, which is on if you're looking at Australia in the bottom left hand corner, driving all the way up to the top of Western Australia, across a bit, and then back down again for really what is required to... If you're going to win a championship or be in the running, you've got to do that leg, don't you? That, yeah. that, that the Darwin-Alice yep. Springs leg. Yeah. Yep. And I worked with a guy who's up in Broome who, who lives up there, and he said at the time we tried to go up there, it was record uh, people in Broome because WA was pretty open for COVID, so that's where everyone wanted to be. Mm. It was a great episode, that one. I really enjoyed that. And uh, we recorded that one right here, actually. We were sitting right here. That was sitting right there. I really enjoyed that episode. Um, sadly, you weren't able to make it. And then Simon had the dates wrong. Simon had, no, sorry, Simon had the right date. We had the time wrong. And as I was leaving, he rocked up. <laughs> I think I was away at work. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were un- unavailable. But anyway, that was a great episode. Really enjoyed that. That's our top 10. So from number 10, we'll just recap here. Stan Coast, Mark Happy Williams, episode 147. Episode 136, the Australian Top Fuel Championship was number nine. Number eight, episode 131, it was auction time, the Shannon's auction. Episode seven, uh, sorry, number seven was episode 132, the Evo, EV Nullarbor Crossing. 
number six was episode 143. We're back, aired on the 22nd of June, 2022. Number five, episode 142, Chris Bitmead of Wasma, coming in there at number five. Number four, episode 135, the 51st Western Nationals, aired on the 8th of March. Number three, episode 133, the 2022 car ads of the Super Bowl aired on the 15th of Feb. Number two, episode 134 was Motivation 36 Grand Champion Simon Birch. That aired on the 1st of March. And as I said, number one, episode 141, Lisa and Paul Garbellini. Congratulations to them. Um, Not only do they win Super Street Championships, they win... Well, they don't win anything from us. But um, congratulations to them anyway. They they know that they, they go home. They'll know today that they were the leading podcast for 2022 for the Talking Power podcast. Awesome. That's all I can say. Yeah, excellent. Hey, Todd, looking forward to big things this year. Yes. We're going to – I'm looking forward to see the top 10 of 2023 when we get to January of 2024. Looking forward to that. You you rolled your eyes then. I know. It's like (laughs) – Yeah. (laughs) That did your head in, didn't it? Oh, Yeah. But thanks for joining. Thanks for coming in. I know it's just straight after New Year's, and I know That's you're right. probably a little bit, you know, a little bit of a sore head. Oh, yeah. I don't try. I try to do that anymore. I'm just too old for that. But you had a bit of a good time. Had a good, yeah. Christi- good Christmas. Good New Year's. Yeah. It's great to see you back. I hope everyone's still taking some time off work. They haven't gone back to work yet. We haven't gone back to work yet. No. But uh, this is this is fun, so we enjoy doing this. We don't mind coming in here and yeah. catching up and talking about all things um, top ten. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Todd, thanks for joining us. No we'll worries. see you in a couple of weeks when we get back into the 2023 schedule. All right. Well, take care, Todd. You too. Thanks for coming in. No worries. See ya. See ya. Bye. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.